0: Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, proudly delivering healthcare services across Iowa, specializing in mental health, substance use disorder treatment, and medical care with a special focus on LGBTQIA healthcare. More at ucsonline.org. Today is Monday. It's the 6th of June. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Iowa National Guard has confirmed the 33-year-old gunman who killed two young women outside an Ames church last week was a sergeant in the Guard, and one of his victims had been in the the Guard since 2019. 22-year-old Eden Montang was a mortuary affairs specialist with an Iowa National Guard battalion based in Boone. Jonathan Whitlatch, a human resources specialist in the same unit, had been in the Guard for nearly seven years. The Story County Sheriff said on Friday that Montang recently ended a relationship with Whitlatch. He had been arrested days before the shooting and charged with harassing her at work. Authorities say Whitlatch shot Montang and 21-year-old Vivian Flores, then himself, outside of Cornerstone Church in Ames last Thursday. The two women were active in a youth ministry at the church. There are two statewide races in tomorrow's primary election for Iowa's U.S. Senate seat. Republican Chuck Grassley is seeking an eighth term in the U.S. Senate. If he's reelected, Grassley would be the senator with the longest tenure in January. Jim Carlin, a state senator from Sioux City, is running against Grassley. Three candidates are running in the Democratic Party's U.S. Senate primary. Mike Franken held a get-out-the-vote rally in Des Moines yesterday evening. Franken, a retired Navy Admiral, says if he's elected senator, rebuilding the Iowa Democratic Party will be part of his mission. A new level of progressive thought, liberal thought, like Iowa used to be. We were the generator of good ideas. Abby Finkenauer, a former Iowa congresswoman, spoke to supporters yesterday afternoon in West Des Moines.
1: Every single time I've been on that ballot, again, I have overperformed the Democrat above us who has had more money. We have brought together coalitions that honestly some Democrats who have ran for federal office have struggled to do.
0: Glenn Hurst, a physician from Minden, is also running in the Democratic Party and was campaigning yesterday in Iowa City. Speaking of the Iowa Democrats, they're proposing big changes to their caucuses in an effort to keep the contest in the early window of states that pick presidential nominees. It comes as the DNC has asked states to apply to go first in an effort to revamp the process and Iowa is among more than a dozen states that have applied. Later this month, the Democrats will make a case to a national committee that sets the calendar. Critics have slammed the caucuses for years because they're hard for people to attend. Iowa Democratic Party Chair Ross Wilburn says under this proposal, a caucus goer would request a presidential preference card. It would be mailed to them and they would have 14 to 28 days to either mail it back or return it in person. This also means that we are proposing the elimination of realignment so that each caucus goer would express a preference for only one candidate. He says that means caucus night would focus primarily on conducting party business. The DNC has also said they want diverse states to go first. And farmers plant cover crops between harvest and spring planting to improve soil health, water resources, and sequester carbon. As IPR's Katie Pikas tells us, a new initiative aims to help farmers plant such crops on half a million acres across the Midwest.
1: The National Fish and Wildlife Foundation has awarded nearly $3 million in grants to plant cover crops in Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, and Minnesota this year. Todd Hogriff is the Central Regional Office Director for the foundation. He says half a million acres is, quote, an aggressive goal, but he acknowledges there's a lot more need.
0: And it's our hope that as farmers see these practices get put on the ground and see the success some are having with them, that they'll become more interested in it, and it will catalyze broader adoption across the landscape.
1: Practical Farmers of Iowa got one of the grants and provided matching funds. The group says it hopes to help more than 800 farmers.
0: This is Here First from IPR News. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. Alcohol use has soared during the pandemic. One study suggests more Americans under 65 died from alcohol-related causes than COVID-19 in 2020. But alcohol-related deaths across the Midwest were already ticking up before the pandemic. IPR's Natalie Krebs reports.
1: Nancy of West Des Moines says her ex-husband had been sober for almost a decade when the pandemic hit. She says not long into lockdown, his behavior changed. She quickly tied it to drinking. He would basically sleep all day and be up all night. Nancy, who asked we only use her first name due to the sensitivity of addiction, says she's not completely certain what triggered his relapse. But she says her ex-husband was no longer going to his job due to pandemic closures, and he struggled when his Alcoholics Anonymous meetings moved online. He is a social person, enjoys being around his AA friends, enjoys the connection, And then when you can't do that, it is an abrupt change. Nancy says his drinking had a major impact on her. I was just getting angrier and more upset and didn't know what to do, where to go. A therapist referred her to an Al-Anon group for friends and family of people struggling with alcohol use. She says it helped her a lot. But she says her ex-husband continued to struggle and was hospitalized several times for drinking. Nancy says for the past few months, he's been attending his AA meetings and is doing better. And so is their friendship. He is celebrating sobriety right now, so we are are doing great. A recent peer-reviewed study by the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism found the number of death certificates that listed alcohol as a factor jumped from 2019 to 2020. Aaron White is the lead researcher on the report.
0: We found a 26% increase in deaths, which is huge given that in the past 20 years we were seeing maybe about a 2% increase per year.
1: The data showed deaths increase significantly among people 21 and over. Psychiatrist Allison Lynch says she's noticed an increase in younger adults coming in with advanced stages of liver disease related to long-term alcohol use. Lynch specializes in addiction treatment at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. Most weeks, I feel like we see someone who comes in who really um, has started drinking more during the pandemic and really hasn't had any kind of treatment up until now. It's a year and a half, two years into it, and now they've got jaundice and they've you know, got liver failure. Lynch says she feels many cases are tied to the pandemic's toll on people's mental health along with society's overall acceptance of using alcohol to cope. We have totally um, perpetuated this idea that alcohol is an appropriate way to manage stress, to relax at the end of the day, to deal with all sorts of mental health issues. But even before COVID hit, alcohol use and abuse was already a growing problem in the Midwest. Federal data from 2018 show states like Iowa, Missouri, and Illinois had some of the highest rates of binge drinking in the country. You know, it has become so accessible in the state of Iowa. Stacey Schroeder works in substance abuse prevention in Northeast Iowa. She says in the past decade, the state's alcohol policies have gotten more permissive. There's more licensed establishments now than there really ever has been. We allow direct shipping of wine. We allow breweries to sell and refill growlers. Uh, We now have third-party delivery of alcohol. Schroeder helped create policy recommendations with Iowa's health department, aimed at preventing alcohol-related deaths. The group advised the state to increase alcohol prices and public health surveillance and limit the density of establishments that can sell alcohol. Here's Schroeder again. That it's a little bit more comprehensive than just a don't do it because it's bad for you kind of approach. Schroeder says she's hopeful there's a silver lining to these startling drinking trends, as more people may be pushed to reevaluate the role alcohol plays in their lives and reach out for help. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News.
0: And that's today's installment of your First from IPR News. Of course, you can find it wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening.